she's naked under that toga? She's French. You know that. Pilot controls are ready. All right, it's getting late. It's almost midnight. Let's go, Venkman. Here's something off the request line from Liberty Island. We got to squeeze some New Year's juice from you, Big Apple. You know your love. Welcome to this week's episode of Know What You Own. <laughs> what? My name is Jeff. <laughs> I guess I'm Jake. <laughs> Apparently I'm on a new show now. <laughs> know What You Own? Yeah, so you know that guy that's telling you at work who started listening? Yeah. He was like, uh, hey, how do I find your podcast? Four seconds after me telling him about it, because mm-hmm. he was asking, he's like, so how do I find it? And I was like, just look, at, just look it up by its name. What's it called again? I just told you what it was, man. What is it? Know what you own? And I was like, <laughs> it is now. <laughs> what do what, well, what do we own? I don't know. <laughs> I just laughed so hard. So then when I sent him an email, like right after that, I, ne- I had to send him an email about something. And I in the subject box, I just said, know what you own. <laughs> so well, welcome back to know what you own. Well, th- well thank you, f- new listener, for, for listening. I mean, has he? Li- I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He's okay. listening to... Uh, He's the one I texted you about. Oh, okay. So, Same one. Okay. So he texts. He's like, hey, hey. So I sh- I come up to where he works. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, so uh, your episode came out on the 4th. I had nothing else to do. So I listened to that. And I'm like, oh, well, thank you for yeah. your sympathy <laughs> listens. He's like, no, no, no. That's not what I meant. It's just like it was there. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to listen. Um, He's like, man, the basketball talk. And I was like, yeah, what of it? And he's just like, um. You, you, you are obsessed with that one guy, man. You love that one guy. I said, Myers. He's like, yeah, Myers. I was like, yeah, what of it? And then uh, he was just like, yeah, man, that's a I just, I hate basketball and I can't listen to basketball talk. And I was like, that's fine. And then I show him a text for CJ, the one I sent mm-hmm. you. And it's like an owl getting pet, like super insane. Yeah. It's like that blazer talk. Mm-hmm. I'm like, some people love this talk. And he's like, yeah, I know. Then he goes, um, so then he starts talking to me about the politics part that we start talking about. And he goes, hey, hey, real quick, what's that What's that thing you guys were talking about where it's like that play that you said those two guys on the Blazers were really, really good at? I said, the pick and roll? Yeah, yeah, the pick and roll. What is that? And I'm like, why do you care? I thought you didn't like basketball. Yeah, and he's like, well, uh, I, I looked it up. I Googled it, and I just got confused. So I drew him a diagram and ran, <laughs> show him what running a pick and roll looked like. <laughs> so for someone who was uh, not into basketball, he seemed pretty interested in basketball. Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> oh, here's a funny thing about him. He's going to hear about this on this mm-hmm. for the first time if he listens. Okay. And that's why I'm telling it here. So he uh, a few nights ago, he said, hey, do you have a pen? And I was like, yeah. So I handed him my pen, and... 
it's like one of three pens that I have, mm-hmm. right? So then I come back, I'm walking the dock, and I come back to where his old, his workstation is, and he's like, hey, this pen's really nice. And I was like, yeah, I know. And he goes, it's mine now. And I said, oh, okay. And he's like, what? And I go, that's how we're doing this then? And he's like, yeah, it is with me because I'm the boss. And I'm like, all right, cool. And he's like, what? And I was like, nothing. And he's like, wait, what? And I was like, oh, nothing. And I was like, if that's how you want to play this game, let's play this game. So then he's walking in the office last night and he's like walks by my office and then he comes in. He's like, hey, talking to me about something. I said, hey, real quick, how's that pen working out for you? And he's like, why? And he pulls it out and he's like examining it like super close. (laughs) And uh, he's like, what'd you do to it? And I was like, I didn't say I did anything. I was just asking if it was still working out for you. And he goes, I set this down at one point. Did you, did you touch it? What'd you do to it? I put the pen in my mouth. Like, what'd you do? You better not have done anything gross. And I'm like, I didn't say I did anything. I was just wondering if my gift to you was still working. So because he stole my fucking pen, I'm just working on making him paranoid that I did something. I haven't done anything. <laughs> <laughs> but he's paranoid dude he is like looking at it and he's like wiping it off in case i i don't know what he thinks i did with it what type of pen is it i don't it's just a ballpoint pen like yeah so every once in a while you find that pen and you just yeah it's, it's a it's, nice it's, pen yeah but the fact that he's just like this is mine now i was like okay i'll get you boy i'll get you yeah so now i'm messing with him I thought about he always like drinks energy drink, drinks and they always up on his desk. I thought about just going up to it and just being like, hey, "Is this yours?" And be like, "Yeah." And be like, "Not anymore." And just walk away <laughs> with it. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. So, um, yeah, he gave us great feedback. Other than not liking basketball, because I don't care what you say or what you want. Um, well, you'll probably there won't be a lot of basketball talk between now and October. Yeah, Donna so. also messaged me about basketball talk. Really? <laughs> She's like, it's the off season. I said, I know. She goes, I, I enjoy it, though, because you guys are passionate about it. And any feedback I've heard about those who don't enjoy the basketball talk, enjoy the fact that we are very passionate about it. And you can always fast forward. Yes. But don't do that because there's little there's things in there that you might miss that maybe I'll refer to later. Yeah, that's true. It's continuity. There, people. W- there wasn't always there wasn't. Always great episodes of How I Met Your Mother, but you didn't want to miss something. That's right. So that is right. Yeah. Duh. Oh, dude, I'm almost done with the office. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you were working on that. I'm on the final season. I think I have like ten more episodes. Yeah, it's a slog, but then it ends really well. So it's yeah. it's worth it. It's okay. worth getting through these last few episodes. Okay, cool. I'm almost done. I like it. There's one scene in this final season. It, it's not great. But there are moments with Kevin and Creed that are worth getting through this final season. Mm-hmm. The Halloween episode, the I think in the one in the final season when they're all dressed up and uh, one of the new guys is like, oh, I, he didn't dress up. He's like, I didn't realize that you guys dressed up every year. And Creed, who's covered in blood and blood splatter, said, yeah, me neither. <laughs> and then it cuts to the interview and he's like, it's Halloween. What perfect timing. <laughs> Dude, what a creep. He's so funny. Anyway, so yeah, that um almost done with that. It's 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 amazing. It's not the same without Steve Carell, but it's not terrible. 
Yeah, some of the um, when they had James Spader. Um, yeah, that one was. I didn't. I didn't care for those episodes. That one was. That's rough. a long section with James mm-hmm. Spader, and he's just too much. I like. I like James Spader. Um, he played really good in the. He had a really good role in this show called Boston Legal with um, mm-hmm. William Shatner. He okay. played like a lawyer. That was a pretty. That was a pretty good show, but. Um, yeah, in that role, he was he was a lot. Yeah, and now I, whenever I hear his voice, I think about oh, you haven't seen it, um, Ultron. Oh, Age of Ultron. Yeah, he's the voice of Ultron. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so I I kept thinking about Ultron because mm. he's got a very distinct voice. Yeah, he does. Um, so I don't know. Almost done with that. What's going on with you? What's new with you, dude? Um, just been. Dude, I'm busy. Neutering dogs? Well, yeah, Tucker and Bo <laughs> got neutered at the same day, but a different vet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mostly because we had... Um, Bo's neuter is free because of the people oh, we adopted yeah, yeah, yeah. him from. Um, had already bought his puppy package through mm-hmm. Banfield. So, mm-hmm. um, gosh, this is the difference in care, though, between Banfield and um, like an actual, like, not a chain right. veterinary right. Um, like establishment. Tucker is already back to normal. He was pretty much fine. Oh, as soon as wow. We got, we got him back. Mm-hmm. We still have to keep him on his cone at night when we can't mm-hmm. watch him, but he's been out of his cone mm-hmm. all day today and most of the day mm. yesterday. So that's been that's been nice, but it's... Um, What's wrong with my boy, Bo? Bo's just... I don't know. I think they, they just... He was, dr- like, he was so overly drugged, uh, and then he had some sort of um, like acne down like around that area, uh-huh. and they, like, st- instead of postponing the surgery and saying, hey, like, this could cause, like, a higher risk of infection, mm-hmm, it's going to be mm-hmm. really uncomfortable for him on the other side of the surgery, they just, like, scrub it super hard and then made, like, the whole area raw, so he's just been in a ton, Jeez. he's just been in, like, a ton of pain. He's butchered and, his dong. Well, and then they, um... Oh, like all the skin like down like around like his tail and all yeah. all of that and it was just yeah the, i don't know what they did and then they're like oh yeah so we my, so kylie was kylie's been is off this entire week she took vacation yeah and she called banfield yesterday and said um so he can't even walk like it's like oh, so it's too painful geez. for him to even walk like, he won't go to the bathroom we can't get Aww. him like to do anything and they're like she's like is that normal and they're like oh yeah it probably is because of this you know this condition that mm-hmm. he had on his skin um yeah if you come back in we'll you know we have this cream it's 30 dollars, and that should help him so like, you didn't think to set like give us that at the beginning even just in case like here take this cream just in case yeah like, and they didn't even they didn't even they didn't even mention it like, i just like you know at least give us the option we should fight for universal dog care we have so far to go with taking care of humans <laughs> in this world <laughs> trying to get i mean I, I, yes you I would, probably could get further faster with pets you know that's a good point yeah which is i don't know if that's is that i think that's that's sad yeah um but at the same time yeah you probably you probably could i think there are more people willing to more people willing to spend money for other people's dogs than right. they would be to spend for other like on tax like it's a it's a right incentives. for dogs yeah. and pets um so strange i ha- oh well, what else you got going on no nope. i mean i'm just nothing learning, well nothing I've always got stuff going okay, on tell me about it um well i am learning french oh dude we haven't even talked about that on here yeah i so i have to learn a language for yeah. my for my degree and I chose French, mm-hmm. so I've been working. How's through. that going? I've spent. You spent a lot of time. I, I could not believe how much time you were spending on it when I asked you. Yeah, I'm. I probably put in at least an hour or two a day. Yeah, on Duolingo. 
Um, That's insane. It's just learning conversational French, mm-hmm. French and just learning conjugation and stuff like that at the moment. And um, I'm terrible at speaking it. So until I get better, you will not hear any attempts at me trying to oh, speak it. Oh, gosh. Um, but I can, I'm, re- I'm pretty good at re- like reading, okay. reading it and uh, like comprehension. Mm-hmm. So okay. just the, 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 the pronunciations are really hard, and it's so like it, there's a lot of nasal and a lot of throat sounds. You're that the go king into of nasal, it. dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's that's been yeah. that's been where I've been at. What about what about you? You were just you were camping over the. Weekend. Oh my gosh, I'm so swamped. Like I hate when people are like, "I'm so busy," but seriously, I'm so effing busy. I went camping last weekend. Went to Silver Falls, Oregon. It's got like 10 waterfalls. Um, I saw the pictures. It was gorgeous. Yeah, it was awesome. So Alex and I, my niece, went with us, and we did this five-mile hike. And anytime I've ever gone down to the where the falls are, I've only walked and seen two falls and then walked back up. Mm-hmm. But I was like, let's just go for it. And she's like, okay. So we just we started the loop, and then we realized this is going to take a long time if we don't hurry. So then we hurried. And oh my God, Jake, just hills and hills and hills and hills and hills. Pause. Beautiful scenery with a beautiful waterfall. Oh, look at that chipmunk. There's a mouse. This is nature. This is tight. Torture, 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 torture. (laughs) Dude, by the end of it, we were so dead. So dead. Our legs were just jello. Mm -hmm. Our feet hurt. We turned a corner at one point and there was this just steep ass hill and both of us just uh <laughs> just oh it was rough <laughs> but it was cool it was fun but we going, could say we going, did it going down the mountain though is so much nicer we went down at the beginning oh yes so the whole way back was uphill gotcha yeah so now we know go the other way mm-hmm. and on the way down there's like um there's a section where it's stairs so it's just like short and quick stairs mm-hmm. up or down and we took those stairs down so then we, on the backside, going back up the hill, there was no stairs. So it was just constant, gradual incline. Ugh. I was sore. I'm I, still sore. I would imagine. It was rough. Yeah. But it was beautiful and it was awesome and um, it was fun. First day we hung out, Clay, Taryn, and Jen's cousin and I, we played a drinking game. <laughs> and that was fun. It was like 11 o'clock and they're like, you guys are all drunk as shit and it's 11 o'clock in the morning. It was fun, though. Yeah. It was worth it. You got to do it. Um, And then this weekend, I'm going to Bend to visit my brother. Oh, fun. And my sister and my niece are going with us. And my niece is a fish like me. She loves water. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take her floating down the Deschutes through town. Nice. And that's amazing. That's my favorite thing to do. So you guys are going to go on a a, a Mm -mm. rafting? Nope. It's just uh, the river flows through Bend, and it... You can start up at one park, and then there's a park at the end of the city, and you park one car there and one car there, and then you just oh, get is, in it, is, it pretty, is it pretty slow? Oh yeah, that? it's okay. super chill. For and some then reason I was thinking of like mop the mopping area. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, it's very calm, very relaxing, and then there's man-made um, rapids. Okay, where they've designed like little like foot-high steps drops, so mm. it's like you know yeah. it's constructed to be a little thrilling, but safe and fun yeah. a lot of time they'll have a guard posted up just in case but yeah it's fun she's gonna love it so and i love ben and i get to spend time with my brother 
Except for he's working the whole time we're there. Well, but that sucks. We're gonna go out and do stuff until he gets off, and then make him dinner one night, and it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Um, and then next weekend is the man trip. Oh, the annual man trip. The tenth, tenth annual. Annual. What are you guys doing for your bicentennial? We are going to the lake. We're going to Lake Billy Chinook, and we rented a boat, and we're going to camp. It's going to be fun. I got a hammock I'm going to try out. Stoked. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. That is wild. Yeah. Dimitri's going to try it. Oh, Dimitri's going. He's coming for like a night, I think. Mm. So I'm working on some hazing for him. Oh, because he's the new guy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get back to you on that. The FNG, the <laughs> fucking new guy. Um, so, guys, yeah. Did you guys record this last weekend? No. Oh, that's right, because you guys... It's you been were, freaking chaos. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. Busy, 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 busy. But this is episode 51. It is. Which Fif- means next week... Is that is that is that our... 52nd. 52nd. Episode of Say What You Mean or Know What You Own. It depends on who you are. Well, this is episode one of Know What You Own. <laughs> that's true. But simultaneously, episode <laughs> 51, as Say What You Mean. Um, so, yeah, I am still working on things. I'm not done. Okay. I'm more, I'll send you... Oh, I was thinking about some ideas. I'll run them by you after the show. Okay. And we'll talk about it and see if you're down. Um, just some little games, maybe just some reflection on the last year and uh, some other things I had planned. Yeah, I know I have to come up with... Maybe. Ten- Okay, that's we're putting Maybe. that on hold. Okay. Yes, because I might have a new a new change of game, but it's also a way for me and you to have a conversation to say like, hey, after a year, this is kind of who we are, and this is how we look back on the year. This is where we are, but also for a chance for listeners to kind of get to know us a little more. All right, cool. I got some fun things. All right, me. all right. Before we get into the business, I got some. I got an interesting. All right, Steve Harvey. Story. Does he say that? I think he does. Oh. He kind of says it like that. Was it? Jen and I were joking about at the raffle for the, the party, oh. the, the backyard bash or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, she was like, oh, yeah, if you run up there because they they call your name or whatever. And I was joking about like running up there mm-hmm. and doing the X's and finger points and just rubbing it. You know what's funny is we joked about it on that episode. I think we did. About what? No, we didn't. Oh, I was talking about it on Knuckle Draggers about oh. like, what if at this at the KXRW party, what if it's only like the winners of the raffles are only people who work at KXRW? And like, that's exactly and what it happened. Ended up happening. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those are the only people that bought extra. Like, oh, they I, bought extra. Yeah, because you could buy extra, right. and I don't think anybody did. Probably, but the KX. I wrinkled like my main, ticket. Like the main KXRW host. Is, are you a wrinkle guy? Oh, yeah. So I'm a full, I'm like a fold and twist. Okay. With mine. The wrinkle? Yeah. I've almost, at every raffle event, I've almost always won something. Really? With the wrinkle. Okay. Jen used to have. I've never won anything with my with my fold, so. Okay, Jay. Obviously, it's not working. <laughs> I'll try something different. Uh, when she used to work um, for a physical therapy company. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the sponsor of the Trailblazers. They would always have a ton of Trailblazer tickets for raffles, and I'd always wrinkle, and she'd always wrinkle her tickets, and we'd always win at least one game. Mm-hmm. Got to go with the wrinkle. I'll dude. go with the wrinkle. All right, before we get to the business, um, I had this. I had this interesting. I saw this in- interesting interaction at work, um, and I just thought 
It was funny because okay. everybody does it. And I've, I've, I've talked, I don't know with you recently or not, but one thing that drives me crazy is like these scripted things that people say. Okay. I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Like even like on like uh, office space there are, there's that woman who's like, Oh, somebody's got a case in the Mondays. Like yes, that's just something yeah, that, that people stuff, yeah. say. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, when somebody came back from work a few, like a year ago, she came back to this or half a year, six months ago, she came back to this job from a previous job. And then she's right next to my office. So every time somebody new came into the office, she told them, why she left why she's back and oh no so i'm just si- the person that like you sent me a video one time of her no, scooting no. her chair across. Okay. <laughs> it's a different person <laughs> um but she's word for word explaining it to every person exactly the same way oh so it's just like a cadence and she yes. probably like hits the same yes. notes like yep. in oh my god i would be excruciating yes. after like the fifth time so then this new person that we hired in my department she worked in a different department that they um, liquidated with the company. So they were like, oh, well, there's a position over here with um, in this position uh, in this department. She's like, all right, cool. So she started with me last week and I was training her. And she knows everybody because she's already worked there. Yeah. Same thing. Oh, God. Well, at one point I was like, she like, I was like, it's driving me crazy. And she's like, what? And I was like. You're telling the story exactly the same way. <laughs> like, I just said it. And she's like, I know. And I was like, I'm, I'm, it's just, I go, I'm not trying to be rude, but I, that's something I can't stand. And she's like, oh, I know. And I'm like, every, every single person is like, they ask you the same question and you're answering the same way. It's like, where are we right now? And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, don't apologize. It's just like, it's easier. You're shortening the story to like the minimal basics now, but it's like, I could do it. I could tell the story for you. Like, next time someone comes up, just <laughs> let me do it. And she's like, do you want to? I would love for you to do it. And I was like, no, I don't want to do it. But, God, I don't want to listen to it. So then from then on, everyone's like, oh, hey. Oh, what are you doing on the dock? And then she'd start it. i just walk away. <laughs> I just couldn't do it, dude. Yeah. So with all that said, there's a, there's a woman who got in a, a horrible car crash. Oh, no. Got, like, was out for months complete like had to get surgery and broken foot broken ribs broken wrist just shredded in this car accident she finally came back this week monday and um same thing just like she's just hitting these points in her story Mm -hmm. that people aren't even asking about and she's just like saying it and i'm like uh, and she, now, so she during the day. Now that I'm on this shift, she sits in the desk that's right outside my office. Mm-hmm. And so now I hear her telling all the same. St- and I'm like, yesterday at one point, I was just like, nope, I can't. I just got up and left. <laughs> it was just driving me insane. So I don't know. That's that's. I was thinking about that. I know we've talked a little bit about pet babes. So I'm now I'm wondering if there's anything like that that drives you that crazy. Um. Because I have another thing that drives me as nuts. Okay, let me think about okay. it. You tell me your, your other one. Another thing is, like, people talk about, like, some when you if you look online, like, what are pet peeves that, that people have? Some are, like, stickers on fruit or people. Um, stickers on fruit? That's a pet peeve? I guess. Oh, okay. Um, how the toilet paper is on the roll, against the wall or away the, from the wall. That's it. Wow, okay. People pay attention to that. Right. It's always away from yeah, the wall. I guess everybody's got their own Don't little idiosyncrasies. Um. 
one thing I, I realized this weekend that I've always known, and there's certain things that, like, like with hearing these stories that like, I just don't want to deal with anymore, I'll just walk away, um, is sm- uh, fire smoke. Like when you're camping, oh! If the smoke's in my face, like oh, that's awful. Zero tolerance. Can for anybody it now. sit there and take it? I mean, some I people I, I will can't. like hold their breath and just like to wait it out. And take it? Yes. Oh my, no, that's not me. No, either. I get pissed. I'm like, fuck this, and I'll get up and walk Dude, away. It's uncomfortable. Your eyes burn. Yeah. Then you smell. Then everything you and yes, you've worn for I that. Hate you can that. never get the campfire smell completely Ooh, out. Of I it. hate that, Jake. That's mm-hmm. like a huge, a huge one for me. Uh, but like, you'll have people who just sit there and like wait it out, and it's just like. Dude, move! Why? You, you have the power to make your situation better <laughs> by moving five feet to in either in direction. direction. Yeah. Oh God, it just drives me. It doesn't drive me crazy that they're sitting through it, but it's just like I have zero tolerance for it. If it like the wind slightly blows it, I'm like, nope, and I move on the other side of the campground. I won't even sit at the fire if that's the case. If it just keeps following me, but yeah, yeah, fired up. <laughs> Anything for you? Um, I don't know if it's like a. I hate having to ex- get in. I hate having to get into conversations where I have to explain, like I have to overly explain things. Like I'd go mm. way out of my way to to not have to get trapped into having to explain things mm. to people who I know are not going to pay attention and are just asking the question because they feel like they like they like they're they're they have, like, doing that, that script. They have that little like. They have like that a little bit of curiosity, so mm-hmm. they ask the question, but then there's n- you can tell in their face and their expression that they're not retaining anything. Yeah. So they're just continually asking you questions that they uh, don't even want the an- they 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 only they don't really want the answer to, <laughs> and you don't really want to be giving it, but yet you're caught in this like vortex of having to talk. <laughs> it's the worst. Like, yeah, I know I, what you're talking I get, about. In with with working at with working in like in sales and retail, yeah, yeah. Like there's I I've gotten to the point where like I know the the avenues to not i know the things to not bring up that would elicit further conversation right so i just i i stick to a very narrow like set of 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 words yeah i mean it's not always the same it's not always the same script or anything but i just i know if like if i bring this up it's going to go down this rabbit hole so let's just steer away yeah let's just steer away from 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 Hmm. from giving that little tidbit more of information yeah because ninety nine percent of the people are going to ask, well, what does that mean? And uh, then you got to go into what that means. And then yeah. they don't even have the basic level of knowledge to understand what you're talking about on a surface level, mm-hmm. let alone trying to understand like what you would have to go into. You ever see that moment when they're just they completely just check out? Oh yeah, it happens all the time with <laughs> this. See this this one guy I work with does not have the capability that I have to. Uh-huh. I mean, he just likes talking and he uh, likes expl- gotcha. overly explaining things. But then he'll also get himself into these situations and then complain about it later. It's like, man, I had to stay with that guy oh, for like a half hour. It's like, gosh. well, you kept ex- <laughs> you kept extending the conversation. It's part right. of it's half fifty percent your fault. But he'll he has this cadence and like the same thing with like the cadence, mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm. he'll sell a gun and he'll be like, well, have you ever filled out one of these background checks before? And then he'll and like, well, due to the nineteen sixty eight Gun Control Act, you blah 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 uh-huh. blah blah blah, and it takes him ten minutes just to explain to a customer how to fill out the background check form. Right. You know what I do? I hand them the go, are you ever filling these out? They say, no. Okay, cool. Ask me if you have any questions. And I just, well, you know, yeah, you're an adult. Yeah. Fill out a form. <laughs> it's not that hard. Right. But he's like, well, okay, we got to make sure you skip number nine and you skip number 13. If you answer 10, a, you have to also answer 10 B. And then if you get to the <laughs> bottom one, question 12, 12 D one. If you answer no to that one, you have, you skip 
12d2 and you answer uh, n8 i'm like just let them read yeah they'll figure it out they're all it's minimum 18 <laughs> right right if they can't figure out that form they don't get in the goddamn gun <laughs> or you can just fix the mistake later right like, it's not that it's, mm. anyway that's just that's yeah. my that's kind of my, i like my that pet peeve i like that yeah there will be sometimes when someone will ask me something and then i'll start explaining it and then they'll like turn and listen to like another conversation or something and i'll just go, i'll just in the middle of go are you fucking serious <laughs> Like, you just asked me. I'm not telling this because I'm just like, hey, I should tell this person this story. Yeah. You fucking asked me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that drives me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> well, the reason I ask is because there was a situation at work where one guy was like, I can't stand this lady. I can't stand her at all. She drives me crazy. She's all about gossip. I just, she drives me crazy. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I can see that. And then she comes up to him a few minutes like a few days later or maybe it was later that day and then uh she's like oh hey and he's like hey how are you like completely friendly to her and i'm just looking at him like are you fucking serious and then she walks away and he goes i don't i feel dirty <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, what the hell was that? You just told me like for like 10 minutes how she drives you crazy. As soon as she walks up here, you're just like, hey. And he's like, I don't I don't know why I did that. <laughs> he just felt like. I have the two. I do the same thing. I know. I We all do it. Yeah. But it's just, it's so funny. It's so funny. Well, how much like, how much did we talk about how certain people in class would annoy us and then if we were ever like in a situation with them outside of class oh, we were, we were nice great to them great example the only thing would the only thing was is like matt just matt was the only one who didn't did not change or just didn't change if he didn't like you in class he didn't like you outside of class and if he, he let didn't you know like it. you not only in class but in other situations he just he'd be in the same room as someone and be like i can't fucking stand that person <laughs> I, a, a, like you could hear him and we're like dude stop he he's did like that to the president of history club and we were <laughs> and you were the vice president so you were trying to keep everything together and you were trying to get your friends to come and be supportive and i'm yes. sitting there with matt at the other end of this conference table and then she's like pitching some ridiculous idea that nobody wanted and, nobody. and no no one thought it would work right and matt's just like that's a dumb fucking idea <laughs> how did she become president and like there's only like six people in the room Dude, it's we're, like <laughs> we're in a private like conference room and he's just saying this but like eight feet from her Oh, it was so awkward, dude. And eventually, just told him he couldn't come anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Did kick him out. I came, though. I came almost every time. No, you were awesome. But you were also not, like, shitting on people there. No, you I wasn't. You were pretending that you I liked I felt them. really bad because I was I was getting lumped in as an, asso like, an associate. Yeah. So I got, you know, you're, I didn't want people to think that I have this, I care way more about what people think about me than, than Matt does. And right. sometimes I wish I could give i couldn't give two shits like matt does right. part of me is jealous about his ability to just be like say whatever he wants right but that would do that was so stressful for me i have like, i want to be like yeah i have that savagery i think but like in that situation i was just like dude dude just wait just stop for one second not here like just wait till you leave the room and then just shit all over him <laughs> as much as you want dude yeah but yeah that's just something i don't I, it's 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 we all do it we all know we do it, but it's funny when you're sitting there and you just watched from one like complaint and tear down to f a few minutes later, the celebration and like, how are you? Oh, my God. 
I, it's been a while since I've seen you. What's up? What's new? It's like, you don't care. I know you don't yeah. care. Mm-hmm. You just told me you didn't care. Yeah. And I don't know. It just cracked me up. For sure. So. Hey, kids. Are you ready for counterculture? Well, here's your host, Jake. I need your advice on one on something that Uh-oh. happened uh, at work the other day. Okay. And um, what I should have done as a manager, Ooh. because I don't think I I don't think I did the right thing in the time. So I'll set I'll set the preface. I work with a gentleman who is kind of mountain manish. Okay. He has very long beard, very long hair. Okay. Um, and that's just his look. That's okay. just how he's. I worked with this guy for ten plus years, and. He was so he's he's standing at the counter and these three younger kids come up to the counter and they're they're talking amongst themselves. They're loud. They're having a good time. They're they're just they're just joking around and stuff. And then we we sell this. Well, it's kind of a pirate looking pistol. It's a it's a black powder pistol. It's a single <laughs> shot. Pirate looking. It, well, you know, it does look like it's basically it's it's a it's a replica of a of a um, like Revolutionary War era, you know, black powder pistol. Right. Muzzle loader. And um, they look at that and they're joking around and they say, um, they one of them says to the other one, you should buy you should buy that pirate pistol. Look at that pirate pistol. You should buy that. And the other guy goes, no, I can't buy that because it's already his. <laughs> and they pointed at they pointed at they pointed at the guy that I work with yeah. and they go, oh, they, they go, that was the gun he used when he was in Pirates of the Caribbean. And then the other one goes, no, man, that's, he wasn't in Pirates of the Caribbean. That's Dumbledore from Harry Potter. Oh, my God. So the guy, the kid I'm training starts busting up laughing. Okay. S- laughing super hard, which causes me to start <laughs> to laugh. And I, I felt so bad, dude. I, I just, I walked away from the counter. Okay. I didn't say anything. I didn't have my, I didn't have my coworkers back. I didn't say anything. He ended up so Jeff, the guy that I work with, <laughs> ended up selling one of the kids a gun, which mm-hmm. was interesting. But I just I don't know if I did the I don't think I did the right thing. I think I should have had my I think I should have had my my uh, my coworkers. Back. No, you should have been a, like as a manager. I should have been like you know now hey guys like that's not what? that's not nice or something. I don't no. know. Okay. God no! If you did that, I would unfriend you. Okay. You should go. No, he's actually the dude from the Big Lebowski. Like you jump in on it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> was he hurt? Was his feelings hurt? The next day, he showed up with a haircut. You're lying. I swear to God. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, my God. Holy shit. I know. I didn't know what to do. I felt so bad. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. He really took... Like I thought he would just oh. take that as... I thought he would just take that as a... As, you know, as a, as a joke like the rest yeah. of us did. Yeah. But... He didn't. Oh my he got a God, Jake! Oh my God, that's the best ending to that story. <laughs> oh my God! Holy shit! Was he clean shaven? I mean, he he shaved it, trimmed he it up, trimmed it up. Yeah. Oh my word, dude, that's terrible. Okay, first of all, I applaud and celebrate the wit of those guys who came in and made those jokes. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm proud of you, and you deserve an award. Um, but the manager also joining in on the laughing. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Wow. I could, dude, I, I, I mean, I, I, couldn't, I, didn't, I, didn't I la- could not have not laughed. I didn't laugh out loud. It was just, I had to turn my back. And then they, the three kids acknowledged the fact that, like, man, even his coworkers are laughing. Oh, Jesus. And then, and then, so then I just turned my back and I walked away. And then they're like, man, he even had to walk away. It was so funny. Oh, dude, oh, you can't. Man. You could not have made that better. No. No, because you tried to turn away to make it better. Then they called you out on it. Mm-hmm. Like, you're screwed. There was nothing you could have done. I was trapped. And I worry you would have had to immediately go. That's not funny. Yeah, but but I didn't. But you didn't. No. <laughs> so once once that moment, once that fleeting moment yes. passed, yep. there's nothing more yep. I could do. You were just they were burying you. Mm-hmm. Not just him, but you. Yes. <laughs> oh my so God. well, well done. Three kids. Yeah. You bettered you, your savagery. Yep. Oh, my gosh. That was the best, dude. That was the best. So, okay. Well, if any of you listeners have an idea on how I could have made that situation better, please let me know because it's been something I've been, been <laughs> I have not stopped thinking about for the last couple of days. Oh, of course not. But geez, I, like I said, I think you would either have to just like nip it right at the beginning. Don't give them a chance to call you out on anything. Yeah, you know because I mean? by the time like I got around to being able to like collect myself to say anything, right? I was all. I was trying to hold back laughter, so anything I would have said would have come across crossed as like, you know, contrite. Oh, dude, that's so good. So, um, so I was just looking on here on our voicemail, and uh, we got a call. Let's listen to this. Yeah. Good evening. This is Bert Macklin of the Pawnee PD. Uh, we got ourselves a real case of uh, a missing portrait, and we need uh. God, we need Janet Snakehole to help us. Call us back. <laughs> that was the whole call? That was the whole call. All right. Well, first off, Burt Macklin did not work for the Pawnee PD. Burt oh, Macklin worked for the FBI. Get him. So I'm going to have to call you out on a little inconsistency there. Yeah. Although I do appreciate the Parks and Recreation reference. Yes. Janet, and, uh, but Burt Macklin is married to Janet Snakehole. Mm-hmm. So... He could have. Why didn't? Why didn't you just go get your? Why don't you just go get Janet Snakehold? Why are you asking yeah. us to get Janet Snakehold? No, to ha- they, to they're help saying you? we need Janet Snakehold to help us. That's okay. Okay, you're calling. Say what you mean. We can talk about it. Mm-hmm. We can talk about the institution of the FBI and Bert Macklin, <laughs> but we can't help you. I'm sorry. I appreciate the call, but don't you have better things to do? Like you know, you know, uh, tackling all the president's enemies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get to your real job. Burt Macklin. FBI and agent. Maybe he's undercover working for the Pawnee PD. Maybe. Mm, now we're in the know. Now we're in the know. Well, thanks for calling. <laughs> thanks for calling Andy Dwyer. Yeah, I appreciate that. Honestly, I like that. I don't care if you're going to call in and leave us silly voicemails. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea who they are. That's it's our first That's our first call. Remember yeah. when Ghostbusters got their very first call? Oh, it changed their lives. It did change their lives. Dude. They were sitting around. No one didn't think anybody was ever going to call them. You want to hear a story about Ghostbusters? I got one. You know that Ghostbusters 2? Yes. You know the song that they play through? Your love is lifting me higher than I've ever. So I'm sitting at the, we're playing cards at the camping table, right? And I'm playing, or we're playing Yahtzee, I don't remember. But there's all these little kids there playing with us. And uh, because it was friends of the family who brought their kids who brought friends with them. Um, And... I'd been drinking, whatever. Don't judge me. And this, I'm playing a bunch of random songs on Spotify. 
and that song comes up. I'm sitting with a bunch of kids who are way younger than me. Clay and Taryn are there. I'm like, there's no way. I said, I'll give $5 to any person who could tell me what movie this is from. And they all just were like, I have no clue. And this little 10-year-old girl goes, oh, it's from Gun. I just was like, what? And she's like, what? And I go, you know it. (laughs) (laughs) She goes, it's from Ghostbusters. And I was like. Oh, you can't know. Did she, did she say two? No, but I she s- doesn't get the five dollars. Well, then I said, "What scene?" She's like, "When they're in the Statue of Liberty and uh, they're trying to get okay, all the slime." Good, to that's good I was like, "Holy crap! You all should be so embarrassed." So I gave her five bucks. That's such a good song, dude. That's a good trivia knowledge right there. Yeah, that is for good a ten-year-old girl. Yeah, that's great. She crushed like, it. Yep. Hey, good on her parents for. Yeah, that's what she said. She's yeah. like, my dad does this all the time. He always like quizzes me on like movie <laughs> trivia, and I'm like. Hell yeah, I do that shit all and the time, good too. Good on the parents for showing your kid good movies. Well, so that led to a conversation with my niece, who has never seen Back to the Future, any <gasps> of them, and never seen Ghostbusters. <gasps> and I'm pretty sure she also has never seen Princess Bride. So yeah, my well, I've sister, never seen that one. So Okay, shame on you and your parents. Yeah. Um, but I'm ashamed of my sister, and you should be embarrassed. Calling you out here. I should be embarrassed. You know how many people quote? Not you, uh, my sister, Oh, for not showing my niece this, but also you for not watching that. Yeah, I've, everybody quotes it around me, and then I feel awkward because oh. I don't know anything. You know what's interesting is I always quote, I quote a lot, probably too often, Billy Madison. Oh, yeah. And Jen was like, I've never seen this. So I sat there and made, we like, I was like, you're watching this. And we watched it. When you're a 13-year-old immature pervert boy, it's amazing. Oh, Adam Sandler is the best thing on the planet when you're a 13-year-old boy. Pervert. but when i'm watching this she's like this is not funny and i'm like i'm still giggling at parts and i after watching it the whole thing i'm like oh my god i say that all the time oh my god i say that all the time and then she was like oh i say that and i'm like what you've never even seen this she always is like today junior and it's from that movie and i'm like well now you know and now and you know what as much as she didn't like it as much as she didn't enjoy it and as much as i quoted or or like enjoy the parts of that movie there'll be someone will make a reference about like a vague reference or something that could be interpreted as a reference to that movie. Mm-hmm. And I just looked over at her and she just was like smiling. Like I get it. So there's, you didn't, maybe you didn't like it, but now you, now you're in on the joke. Yeah, no, I, I get it. So you got to watch princess bride so you can get in on the joke. Like, I didn't particularly care for Napoleon dynamite, but it's got great. References. When's the last time you watched it? Uh, it's been a couple of years. Watch it again. Okay. I, I, when it first came out, I was obsessed and I saw it like three times at theater and then everyone saw it and I was like, okay, now let's, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a contrarian. I'm not into this. If you're into it, I'm out. But I watched it again, older. So funny, dude. It's funny. I mean, there are, I mean, it is, I'm not going to say it's not funny. It's just, dude, anyway. Rex Quando. <laughs> I, I do. I quote. <laughs> I quote that quite a bit. Dude, the Rex break, the, is break, the, the break the wrist, walk away line. <laughs> break the wrist, walk think, away. Think I got a girl like Starla <laughs> looking like this? Dressing like Peter Pan over here? <laughs> <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> I, I, I do that all the time. Anytime someone like is presenting something that's they think is really, really nice. Uh-huh. But like, like I'm like, okay, whatever. It's like, you know, when he was trying, like um, Uncle Rico was trying to get that company, that couple to buy 
the like Tupperware. The Tupperware, yeah. and he's like, if you buy so much Tupperware, you get this boat in a bottle. The shipping, you know, the shipping a uh-huh. bottle, and and the woman leans over to her husband, and she goes, "I, I want, want that." that. Yeah, <laughs> I do that all. The, I do that all the time. I have heard you say that. Mm-hmm. I want that. Oh, see, you gotta watch it again, dude. It's really good. All right, let's uh, shift the gears here to articles. Articles, yes. Now this is the political. Part of the show that we always end up getting to. Historical, too. Historical, too. You want to talk about mine you want to talk about yours? Precedent setting. Let's start with yours. Okay. (laughs) Title of the article, New York Times, Trump can't block critics from his Twitter account. Appeals court rules. Rules. I find it interesting that he is still challenging this through the court system. Dude, so I I took notes and highlighted. What a waste of, of federal resources. The ru- okay, he blocked them because of being criticized and mocked. First of all, on the very basic level, what does that say about uh, that person? Well, they're thin-skinned. Yeah. Like, really? Dude, okay, so not only are you millionaire, billionaire, who knows, because you won't let us see your taxes. Big, tough guy. But yeah, you're the toughest guy around. You're the you're the strongest, fastest, smartest of all time. And now you're president of the United States. The the strongest country in the world. But you but Twitter trolls are hurting your feelings. <laughs> and you want and you're willing to go to the courts to make sure that you can block them. Yeah. Whatever, man. On a very less, just basic less, level, just, that's just... Just spend less time on Twitter if you're worried about it. Exactly. Post your thing, post your thing, and walk away. Yeah. Just turn off notifications. <laughs> yeah. It's so Or just weird. don't post anything at all, and we'd all be better for that. We, but that's we know true. that's We know that's not happening. That is true. So you and I have talked a lot about, not a lot, but enough about social media and, and how free speech works on social media and mm-hmm. how others interpret it and and we have discussed previously that you know it's going to be up to the courts to kind of define this space yeah and through the this ruling in the appeals court we see we're, we're shaping a definition yeah. of what that world looks like mm-hmm. that's a very good point so um essentially they ruled that he can't block people on Twitter, mm-hmm. because even though it's a private, I think the the ruling was that the, even though it's a private, um, it's a private space. Yes, it has all the because he's an he's a government official. It has all of the trappings of government documents in public in a public in public records. Right. So he can't block people from access to to that. Well, and he's operating it like an official mm-hmm. government social media page Mm -hmm. um and the example they say in this article is like you know if these people are blocked and his administration says we are no longer going to pursue the question of citizenship citizenship on the census but then immediately after that the president then says no we actually are going to continue with that if you're not not that you're not there's not access or ways to find out that he tweeted that but that is a way of blocking people from that information. Mm-hmm. So it's, if you're going to say crap like that, it has to be open. Yeah. Seems pretty like <clears throat> straightforward to me. Me I too. It's I don't get it. And the Justice Department expressed disappointment. Are you serious? Well, the Justice Department has become his personal lawyer firm. I know. It's just ridiculous, dude. 
Trump was clearly acting in a government capacity to use his Twitter. It was a unanimous decision. All three. On which court of on second circuit second court? court, yeah, pretty liberal, uh, pretty liberal court. But I mean, I think two of the judges were appointed by George Bush. Okay, and one was a Barack Obama. Okay, yeah. never, never mind then. Yeah, well, I mean, they could be. Who knows? Second Circuit Court is has that we talked about that big um, gun uh, New York um, that lawsuit against New York's really restrictive uh, firearm legislation. Yeah, Second Circuit Court is going to be overseeing that case too. So oh. two pretty big cases. Well, the First Circuit Court ruled that it was unconstitutional to block these people. The first. The, the first court. There was one court that had already gone through. Mm-hmm. And then this one. And now they're like, so do we take it to the Supreme Court and above? Or uh, the, the next court and above? Well, the only... Yeah, so if I could, so you have the federal district court. Mm-hmm. And then appeals to the district yes. court goes to the circuit court. And the, the circuits are separated by region. That's so, right, so yeah. if So it's the second sort of court, circuit court is like the New England, like New York mm-hmm, area. Mm-hmm. And then if it, anything, any appeals above the circuit court's decision goes to the Supreme Court. Yeah, that's what it says. Okay, yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Um, nonsense. Yeah. But the judge wrote this, and I really like this. This debate, as uncomfortable and unpleasant as it frequently may be, is nonetheless a good thing. In resolving this appeal, we remind the litigants and the public that if the First Amendment means anything, it means that the best response to disfavored speech on matters of public concern is more speech, not less. Yeah, I think it's really well put. Yeah. Um, Interesting enough, Mm -hmm. um, as soon as this ruling came down, uh, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez that came out this morning is now there was two lawsuits filed against her for blocking people Mm -hmm. on her Twitter account. So uh, it works both ways. Absolutely. And as it should. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you're if you in public office, you can't block people. Well, you, Sorry. Especially people who put themselves, like purposely put themselves out into um, the public, into the public sphere right. consistently. Um, and in provo- and then provocative, in, in purposefully provocative ways. And you use your Twitter account as a tool to strengthen your political cachet you're there's going to there there are there are going to be consequences you can't just use it when you want it to be used in the ways you want it to be used and then when it doesn't work for you shut it you know you want to shut people you want to shut it down right it's got to take the criticism with with the good jameel jaffer jaffer the director of the knight first amendment institute at columbia university Mm -hmm. he says and i like this part the ruling will ensure that people aren't excluded from these forums simply because of their viewpoints and that public officials don't transform these digital spaces into echo chambers. It will help ensure the integrity and vitality of digital spaces that are increasingly important in our democracy. I like that. Me too. So what do, what do you think? I mean, did you have somewhere you wanted to go? With I was this? just going to say, uh, I, I really liked your point that it's happening on both sides. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to hold one side accountable, you know, Trump is this, figurehead he's this big loud obnoxious person mm-hmm. right yes and it's easy to target that and it's easy when you're getting blocked by someone on that level to to whine and complain and target that but also you have a congresswoman who's doing the same thing mm-hmm. and must be held accountable for the same thing if we're going to focus on trump we need to focus on everybody because the issue is not trump or 
Ocasio-Cortez. The issue is the First Amendment and how that looks in this social media space. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. And this kind of brings up something that I really... Megan Rapino, um, the, uh, the captain of the mm-hmm. women's national team, um, said, you know, I'm not, it's not, I'm, I'm not unpatriotic. Mm-hmm. I'm practice civic patriotism. Mm-hmm. And I really like that term. I would like, I don't know if she, I haven't seen anywhere where she's expanded upon her definition of it, okay. but I kind of like, I really like that concept, at least in my mind okay. that you're, you can be, you're patriotic, but you're patriotic to the rules and processes and institutions that, that make this country, not this right. wrapping it in the flags, you know, zero sum style, mm-hmm. no matter what the country does, good or bad, I'm going to have its back no matter what right. um, kind of patriotism that we see that's kind of toxic in our society today. Uh, so while you're saying that, I'm thinking about the what you wish it was, what, what you said you wish it was, was exactly how I kind of view just the definition of patriotism. <laughs> right. You don't need to add. Yeah. You don't have to add the civic part. Right. And I guess that's a commentary on where we are right yes. now is that yes. we have to try to patriotism has become one th- like almost has been defined as one thing right. or at least it's been defined by a certain group by that so if you use the word patriotism you're going to you by adding civic to the front of it you're trying to distance yourself from right. those people that's a really good point yeah. i like that yeah you're now checking a new set of boxes though <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah i really i just think of like it's like with the Mueller report and I was talking to people who are Trump supporters, and I'm like, listen, that's great. I understand that that's your guy. But if it comes out that he is clearly breaking laws, as an American, as a patriot, you cannot support that. And that's how I view it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Blindly supporting that and just saying, well, we're just going to let it slide because he's the president of the United States. To me, that is not patriotism. No. But. That's. I mean, I see where she's doing, and and the reason, and maybe because of the times, you want to to change the title or terms to 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 separate from that. But it's. I don't. In my in my definition, in the way that I feel about patriotism, I don't blindly support everything that the government or the or or the president or the military does. But by participating in the democratic system that allows me to be more patriotic and have a voice in the system. Sure. I, that's, yeah, that's spot on. Another way she could have used it is that she is patriotic to the country itself, Mm -hmm. not to, because it wasn't, I think it was in response to her saying she wasn't going to go to the white house because she doesn't support the president Right. in that you can be patriotic to the country as it's, as a structure, as an institution, but not to any particular individual in power. Right. I think not to any individual in power, but you're a patriot to the institutions, Mm -hmm. the way that people get to those powers, the way that they're elected to democracy, to Mm -hmm. the, to the everything that comes with being the United States or being with an American, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that you're blindly supporting everything because that would just be silly, but it happens. It does. (laughs) I don't know. Um, it was a good article. I, yeah. I definitely recommend you guys reading it. I think it, it it's it's going to be something that we're going to see a lot of going yes. forward because really since the the uh, the inception of the internet, since it you know has become even more and more and more part of our lives, it's kind of like 
it was been the Wild West for the last 25, 30 years. Yeah. In the sense that there, when the Wild when when westward expansion was happening, there was very little government regulation on um, on you know behavior and law, and there wasn't there, the rule of law couldn't extend there just because there one there wasn't the technology to be able to have a government a, a solid government presence on the on the frontier, and then there was you know there's also the the um, just the, the issues of enforcement. Well, now there's a lot of questions about the internet. Is it a public space? Is it a private space? Right. And where is the role of government? And I think cases like these is starting to set that that those parameters. Mm-hmm. I mean, we obviously we don't want to end up like China, which can just shut the internet down at any moment, completely right. cut people off, and it's highly regulated. Um, but I think there's also um, there is there is a role for government, and it's kind of being defined right now well and i would say that looking at this ruling on the first amendment the the ruling and the the position that the government has taken Mm -hmm. in this case is not limiting the internet yeah if anything it's expanding and allowing for people to follow the president of the united states yeah, but I mean, but it's also less. It's also, but it is in a way limiting on the on the other end that mm-hmm. his ability to control. Oh, that's true. You know who is Good point. That's his little like his that Twitter space. That's his little space, right? right? Like that's his domain, right? He, yeah. So you're telling point. him that he can't. He doesn't have the power to limit other people's access to that domain, right? So. In, okay, but I also think that it goes to what you were saying is if you're going to be a public figurehead and if you're going to mm-hmm. be out in the public. You're going to choose to be a public servant. Mm-hmm. Then you're giving up some liberties, just like we do as citizens. Yeah. And, and that's that's I mean that's a that's a very that's a obviously very democratic novel idea, right? And it's up to this point the internet we're attaching those those tangible ideas, those ideas that that are applied to tangible space mm-hmm. to a created space right. on the internet. So it's interesting how. We're oh, we're just transferring those ideas and those that that ideas about the role of governance now to a space that for most of its existence has been highly unregulated in any way. Right. Yeah. Well, there's one. So they have several two cases on here that um, they use as an examples about kind of how the um, First Amendment has been applied to social media. It says in 2007, the Supreme Court unanimously struck down a North Carolina law that had made it a crime for a registered sex offender to use websites like Facebook. Um, so regardless of where you stand, that's a ruling that mm-hmm. has happened. Yeah. Um, in January, a panel on the Court of Appeals for the Fourth, Cir- Fourth Circuit in Richmond issued a similar ruling in a much smaller scale case, barring the chairwoman of a board of a county supervisors from blocking a critic from Facebook pa- from a Facebook page she administered. Um, and then the same group who's going against Trump represented the plaintiff in that one. Um, so, I mean, there's some smaller cases that are building, but you will absolutely, like you said, start seeing these come up more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as precedent starts, this is how this is how things happen in this country. There's a, a precedent is set by a court case, and then it there's subsequent court cases that that follow once you know initial precedent has been set. So, I think this was a. It, most people will look at this like, well, yeah, I mean, it's Trump and Twitter. Like, what kind of implications can that have? Well, a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. So. Um, at the end of this article, they talk about a judge who has ruled on some um, earlier cases. And um, among others, she questioned whether she... Hold on, let me find it real quick. Okay, so she... Um, 
Judge Barbara Milano Keenan said um, the Supreme. So in a concerning opinion in an earlier case, Judge Barbara Milano Keenan said the Supreme Court will eventually need to address many difficult issues raised by officials use of social media services. Among others, she questioned whether such companies' policies of restricting users deemed to use hate speech from their platform raised a constitutional problem. And that's that's an issue I think that you see discussed a lot. That's something you and I kind of talked about a little bit. I mean, when we're talking about the social media space, naturally that comes up because there are our, there are our, 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 <laughs> there are company policies who do target hate speech who do restrict use because of hate speech. Mm-hmm. And I think that what she's saying here, if, if, if there's going to be any judgment on the use or the motion to ban or restrict usage based on hate speech, then that would require a definition, a legal definition of hate speech. Okay. That's interesting. So I, I don't know. Which I don't, that's a slippery, that's a, another thing that people say yeah. is a slippery slope. If you define hate speech, then that's limiting speech. Yeah, in England um, and other European nations mm-hmm. have um, right. have passed laws defining what is hate speech. Canada has them. Uh, Canada does mm-hmm. as well. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, interesting. I mean, it's, that is it's subjective. Yeah, that's what I think. Because there are people, there are figures, there are individuals who are banned from Twitter for using hate speech. Um, and if you're going to get into that, like that, I mean, it's so complex and mm-hmm. so complicated. Is it the company's right to do that? Is it a constitutional violation? You know, it's, but I think that it, as soon as you start going down that road and, and, and I think that is a very complex and I think it's going to take a while for us to kind of weed through exactly what this is. But I mean, that's why we have the courts and we have the systems we do to, to either promote change or slow change. Um, but this is an interesting way for them to, to hold um, public figures and public servants to their constitutional responsibilities as far as like let, allowing people to have access to their information and the things that they say and kind of with this personality that we have as president, it's, I don't know, maybe, I mean, it could be, you could say that with anybody, no matter who it is like this, the decisions made or the power that is abused or used can be so significant that to not be, and for an individual to use as Twitter as much as he does for the things that he does, I think it's fair to argue that, Everybody should have access and an understanding of what he's doing and where he's going with his decisions that he posts on. Twitter. Yeah, I would, ag- I would, <laughs> I would agree. And the debate over hate speech and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's there'll be a time for that. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll happen. But um, I don't know, man. Just be careful what you wish for out there. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about the slippery slope arguments in yeah. courts and stuff before yeah. too. So it's. You know, there's obviously, you know, is it a valid critique? Is it not a valid critique? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's an, if there's, if it's a good or a bad thing. I think it's, it depends on the, I think it definitely just ends up depending on the situation. Right. So. And it will, it will. But switching gears, 
to Jake's article. Yeah. So this is this comes from the Economist, which is a British public publication. Okay. Um, they claim to be they claim them they call themselves you know, classic liberals. Okay. Classic classic liberals. So free markets, um, democracy, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been they're one of England's oldest publications. I think they originated in 1840. So they've been around for a long time. Okay. This isn't just some fly by night. Um, <laughs> publication right uh this was their cover story for the month of july so the title is the global crisis in conservatism Mm -hmm. and i think i need to point out that the the most the the most important word in that is actually is the word in okay this is not attack on conservatism Mm -hmm. this isn't this is pointing out um that those who are claiming to be conservative Mm -hmm are not abiding by traditional conservative principles right. that define the that are pillars to this particular philosophy. Right. Issues within conservatism, not because of conservatism. Or a crit- or a critique on criticism right. or conservatism itself. Right. Which I got into a I saw. I, I wasn't it wasn't I wouldn't call it a you know it's just a, a, a debate it's just a back and forth. Yeah. And uh, it which is good to have. I Absolutely. need to have those. Um, and I think that part of his critique of the article was thinking that it was an attack on conservatism itself. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't, and I don't think that that's the, that's not what this, what this article or the author is putting forward. Now I do, I do agree on further, further reflection. My, I, I do agree with his critique on the fact that there is a bit of a generalization okay. about um, those who are, you know, supporters of Trump mm-hmm. and, you know, like the Brexit movement in England and some of the other um, like, you know, Hungary and in Poland, which are experiencing uh, far right yes. movements. Yes. Um, kind of generalizing their generalizing their concerns and their motives. Right. So I do get that. This is a short art. This is a short ish article. Mm-hmm. So there I don't think there was a ton of time to flesh that out. But it does come across as a bit generalized, bit generalizing of that particular of that group. Um, did you read? Did you get a chance to kind of flip through the article a little bit? <laughs> I read the whole thing. Did dog. you really? All right. Okay. Yeah. What, what What were your thoughts? Um, I, I just to reflect on kind of what you were saying as far as the examples he was using. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he, who's it? She? Uh, it's a he. Okay. Um, the author. Um. I don't know if necessarily those those examples really strengthened the the article or the paper. I uh, you know what I mean? Okay. I think that if you're going to make these arguments, you're going to to use examples helps, but um I could see the argument that by putting these generalizations it kind of almost weakens it a little bit. Okay. Um but I went into this after reading your back and forth. Mm-hmm. So seeing what you both were kind of debating and the points that you were making about the article, then trying to come in and read it with those ideas in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't know. I like the idea. I, I don't know if I like the idea. I'm interested in this idea that the article makes as far as like conservatism kind of promotes or or allows for things to slowly change. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've said this before. I don't know if, if I try, tr- okay, no, I don't want to say that. I'm thinking about the traditional definitions and the whole point of this podcast is to say what you mean. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about, um, we've talked about, um, 
what is it? Democratic socialists. Yes. And the definition and being defined and actually being what you are defined by the words that you're using. Mm -hmm. So do we need another word to define the way that conservatism has shifted? Well, I don't think you can call it conservatism. That's what I'm saying. Because he, uh, that's he, what he uses his examples for is yeah. saying, you claim to be conservative, but conservatives don't, aren't reactionary. They're right. not zealous. Right. They're not, they're, they're not claiming, they're not wanting to topple the very institutions that they've, they, they seem fundamental in creating the freedoms that they hold dear. Mm-hmm. And he points out that many of the people who have taken the mantle of this conservative, the so-called conservative movement mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. these leaders in power are not championing these these fundamental principles. Right, right. And I think that was the point he was making. Right. So if this isn't conservatism, then what is it? And and do we need to redefine it? Do we need to call it something different? Um, do we need to point out continuously that you guys are just co-opting this term? I, I think so. I, it's what I do with every Democratic. Every time I get into a debate with about Democratic Socialism, right, right. I mean, right. I, that's my take on it. it. Doesn't have to be everybody's take. No, gosh, no. Um, and you know, words do change. They're not static. Right. Meanings of words do right. change in cultural context. So that's what I was thinking. Is this a change in cultural context? Is this word changing, or are we going to stick to the definition it has had? I don't know. It it gets in gets gets me into something like you you hear something called you know, the post-World War II era or the yeah. post-something. I think when you have to call an era the post-what it came, what came before it yeah. era, so like the post-World War II era, you don't really know what it is yet. So if you want to call this like new or like new conservatism, neoconservatism, okay. like post-conservatism, right. it's, it's, it's just undefined. Mm-hmm. So I, maybe I guess, I mean, I guess I do see what you're saying in that there are shifting, so therefore we should we should all start to see conservatism as this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then well, what, what is it? Then what do we call what came before? Right. They're not, they're point. not, they're not synonymous. Yeah. They're, they're clearly not synonymous and they're antithetical to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a kind of a clip from, from a, just an excerpt from this article. I'm going to read really quick. I yeah. think it kind of underpins what traditional conservatism is and how I've always viewed conservatism right. in my, in, in my life, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a person who kind of considers themselves pretty conservative in that is conservatism in this article. And I think he's right is that conservatism is more of a disposition than it is an ideology. And I think that's very much true because I think traditional conservatives do see paths to, to, you know, for change. They just, they, they worry about, um, popu- you know, populism and mm-hmm. they worry about, you know, the, the masses and group think and what can that, you know, they worry about stability they they worry about stability in the long run for sh- for short run gains, right. and so in he quotes the author quotes um, a philosopher named Michael uh, Oakeshott. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard of this person, but it said put it he said put it best to be conservative is to prefer the familiar to the unknown, to prefer the tried to the untried, fact to mystery, the actual to the possible, the limited to the unbound, the near to the distant. Uh, like classical liberalism, conservatism is a child of the Enlightenment. Liberals say that social order emerges spontaneously from individuals acting freely, but conservatives believe social order comes first, creating the conditions for freedom. It looks at the authority of family, church, tradition, and local associations to, cha- to control change and slow it down. You sweep away institutions at your peril, yet just as much a demolition is happening in conservatism itself, and it is coming from the right. So I think that paragraph kind of really... 
underpins mm-hmm. everything he was saying, every, his whole argument of mm-hmm. this, this particular argument of this. And I, we're not, I don't want to get into debate whether conservatism is right or wrong. Like, right. That's not a normative debate. What I'm saying is like just this particular, in terms of defining someone like Trump as conservative, I think is wrong because what part of that last, of that paragraph sounds anything like what Trump professes? Right. Destroy institutions at your own peril. Mm-hmm. He, he, he makes it, a, he makes it his job yeah. to undermine institutions wherever he goes to tear down norms the very things that control that slowing process of social change that's not a conservative ideology so to call him a conservative i mean he's just not he's not one and i don't think that's an anti-trump message per se as it is just for in in itself that was the point i made it's not anti-trump in and of itself he's Mm -hmm. just pointing out that the label that he's using in this this message and movement that he's trying to profess portray himself as Mm -hmm. he's not Mm -hmm. he's just not and I mean, he doesn't have to be right. And you right. can be fine with what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Just don't call yourself a conservative because you're if you if you believe in what he's doing. Right. You're not a conservative. And that's OK. You just don't call yourself. Just, do you just think, don't call yourself. Do that. you think that's because conservatism and the Republican Party have kind of always been synonymous? So because he's ran under the Republican Republicans now he just has to say he's conservative. I hadn't thought of that, but that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he's not. No, he's not. Mm-mm. And like you said, he's destroying or undermining everything at every possible turn that he can. Mm-hmm. These these long term institutions, these institutions. I like the. I think it's interesting this this line of creating the conditions for freedom. Yeah, I mean, there's you can you can definitely. Um, argue that it's you know it's constraining freedom right and it's in and it's not and i think that that's a fundamental debate between liberals right. and conservatives and he does this author you know coming from a liberal perspective mm-hmm. points that out at the end of the article yeah. um and rightfully so and that's a great point for debate mm-hmm. that's not the debate we're trying to have right right, right. we're not we're trying to have right now but um yeah i i think what he i think his over his his kind of closing argument that Liberals need conservatives, and conservatives need liberals. Yes, yes, I love that. It is um, is spot on. Yeah, I love and that. And the destruction of conserv- traditional conservative values as a um, in in this in the marketplace of ideas. Mm-hmm. When you lose, if we were to lose that, I think society as a whole suffers. Yeah, um, and. Those those voices need to be there, and they're being co-opted and being changed and marginalized, even within the people who call themselves, even within the parties that call themselves conservatives, are no longer conservatives anymore. Those voice, those traditional conservative voices, no longer have a voice. Right, and I think that's that is the great concern here, and one of my con- definitely one of my concerns. Um, yeah, I just I. Um find it interesting I, I don't know he says like and so he talking about you know in in britain you're you're stuck with jeremy corbyn mm-hmm. or boris johnson who are both 
polar opposites and neither of them traditional like obviously Corbyn wouldn't he's from the Labour Party he wouldn't be conservative never call himself conservative but he is a far left he is a far leftist there's no centrists left in most of these parties and even if you're in a country like France who has a very centrist politician Emmanuel Macron he's going to continue into by default because the other Marine Le Pen who runs the conservative who is like the head of the conservative movement in France is not going to become elected because her message is just so far right there is no there is no legitimate opposition to Emmanuel Macron and you have to ask yourself is that and he the, the author brings this up is is that healthy for the longevity of a country if you just have the same party in power every single year only right. because of default because they're only they're the only centrist but they're center left there's no there's no rational um opposition challenge you know that can challenge that party and I think you're going to see that in the United States I think there is a high a high likelihood that we're looking at either a Britain, a British situation, or we're looking at um, a French situation mm-hmm. going forward, okay. where there's only one rational party of centrists, mm-hmm. whether or there's going to be just two polar opposite parties who cater to the margins, and there's a whole bunch of us left in the center with That's nowhere to go. That's where I see us going. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I just it's just hard not to to see us going there. Um, the the last sentence in this article is indeed conservatives and liberals often bring out the best in each other. Conservatism tempers liberal zeal. Liberals puncture conservative complacency. I yeah, I think that that was a that's a that's a great way to end that. And yeah. I, I think you and I do that to each other. I was other. gonna <laughs> say that, dude. I was thinking that. I was a hundred percent gonna say that because there are oftentimes I'm like, no, bro, we gotta be like this, and you're like, well, no, hold on, that's just not how that works sometimes, man. We gotta pump the brakes and just go through the, you know, mm-hmm. the traditional methods or whatever. And then there's times when I'm like, well, you know, is it worth doing because of this and this and this? And you're like, no, we need to do this because yeah. it's important. We, you know, there's there's you know, there's rights at stake and yeah. stuff, and, and and you can't always think about the slippery slope. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to do things, right? And we're both, I think we're both better for it. We're fucking cool, dude. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jake, you have to go to work, my friend. I do. All right. Well, this was fun. This was a great episode. It was awesome. Um, If you guys want to leave us a voicemail, if you want to do, if you're working on your impressions, clearly we have a place for you to work on them. So Mm -hmm. call us. (laughs) Uh, We have just a voicemail set up. It's 360-718-3954. Uh, again, that's 360-718-3954. And call and let us know what you think. Give us some ideas. Work on your comedy material if you'd like. Run it by us. Um, we'll judge you and then make fun of you if, if it comes to that. Um, Sorry. If, if it, I, I didn't mean... No, I, I didn't Jake, mean, I, if you're going to butcher your references to Parks and Rec, then you that's just what happens. You're going to take the wrath. Of Parks and Rec fans, but it comes from a good. It comes from a good it does. place. I'm it not. Does. I, I'm not trying to be. But mean do about better. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're not really. I don't really do much on Twitter these no. days. But Instagram is usually where we are. Um, yeah, I get updates to my phone anytime yeah. something someone messages us or comments on anything on Instagram. So mm-hmm. that is the best way to to contact. So with that said, thank you. Um, Again, and as always, for listening to Know What You Own. Um, <laughs> I, need to have, I need to have a shirt. Know What You Own. Know What You um, Own. And... Fudge, I have a note here for a story I want to tell you real quick. 
Okay. Okay. So this guy, he's a little weird at work. Sorry, I'm, I'm doing this right now. <laughs> I saw and I was like, that's too good not to tell Jake. And he goes, um, I hear some every Thursday, the, uh, the woman in the office gets money from drivers and dock workers on Wednesday. And she'll go and buy donuts for all of them on Thursday with mm. the money that they've all pulled in. Okay. And I hear her telling someone like, hey, so-and-so gave me $6. For donuts and the person they were talking to was like why did he give you so much money for donuts and she's like he said he wants his own box of donuts so naturally i go up to this guy and i'm like hey why'd you buy a whole box of donuts and this guy's a little weird okay is this the like, guy with the atlanta falcons hat no okay. no god no this guy is uh he's a sweetheart he's he's goofy and he's not the bright brightest bulb but I love talking to him because he tells the most amazing stories, and this is just who he is. I'm like, hey, why did you give $6 for donuts? Because I want my own box, and I deserve it. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, but dude, you're really going to eat a whole box of donuts? And he's like, I'm going to eat six, and I'm going to be a dick about it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, dude, you be a dick about eating those donuts, my friend. He's gonna, how are you going to be a dick about eating your own donuts? I, I assume he's, he's just, gonna, just like, these are my fucking donuts. This is my box, and I'm eating six of them. You can have what's left. That's like over 7,000 calories. That's what I was thinking, dude. And he's he's a pretty thin guy. Huh? Some people can pack that away, man. Yeah, I had a guy, gra- I had a guy I gra- on. I had a guy I graduated with, and he eats like garbage. And I saw him, I, I didn't see him too long ago, uh-huh. and he's still rail thin. And I was like, man, I you suck. So... Anyone who can do that, you guys are all eating like, you guys are all eating like dicks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, next week, 52nd episode. Listen in. Tune in. It's going to be fun. I got some ideas. Um, maybe some of you will show up on that episode. I don't know. Goodbye. The big anniversary. <laughs> <laughs>